Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul Podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey listeners, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has ever left me a review. I really love to hear from my listeners, so thank you. And today with us, we have Brent Bruning. He's a Master Hand Analysis from the International Institute of Hand Analysis. Hand analysis is one of the most powerful ways to unlock individuals with self-knowledge so that they can find their spark again. This technique has been used by Brent, who has studied the fingerprint patterns of over 20,000 people from around the world, including astronauts, physicists, as well as many famous figures. And he even analyzed my hands, which I found to be fascinating and on point with my life. Brent also shares this amazing technique in his latest book, The Power in Your Hands. It is based on the empirical study of over half a million pairs of hands and aims to demonstrate that life's purpose and its meaning are biologically shown as an epigenetic pattern in your hands. And I'm excited to share this episode with you. So joining me from Switzerland, please welcome Brent. Hello, how are you? Great. Thank you so very much, Brent, for joining me. And I'm so excited to share you with my listeners because after the session that you and I had, I I mean, I was mind blown and impressed. And I just think that it's it's unique. And I hope that all of our listeners get a chance to work with you because it's really, it's something else. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. And I'm curious, what do you think is the problem that you think this would solve from your perspective? For one, it validated a lot of the things that I see in myself, but it also made me look at things that maybe I, I wasn't owning in myself. You know, I remember at one point you had pointed something out was that I maybe had overcome some of the things in my shadow and I felt very proud of myself. I mean, I was almost emotional <laughs> and actually I've carried that with me since it, it never went away. Mm. Right. And maybe I'm not living up to that potential. Yeah. You almost need a reminder of both, right? Mm -hmm. you know, that the, the hand shows our shadow side as well as our gifts and we ignore them all over the place right and they have consequences and well, that's one of the things that you really see because it's real obvious if you see a gift marker in the hand and then you ask the person are you expressing this either they are and they're happy or they're not and then you're going to get a specific story or a feeling that is related to the suppression of that gift. So for example, if you have a star underneath your ring finger, that's something in your nervous system is creating that as a honing point saying, oh, for the love of God, I need to be able to be brilliant out in the world and create and express my creative gift. And if you're not, you know, then what happens is you get really apathetic with that marker. 
Another marker might be, you know, healer markers. And I suspect many of your listeners, sense of soul, have these lines directly under your pinky. And those are called healer markers. I borrow from palmistry, though I'm not a palmist. And they would say from ancient palmistry that that's how you decide who is the healer in the village. Nowadays, we look at it as this is your way of getting connection is diagnosing and going deep into somebody's past or a problem and moving into intuition. Sometimes you have a line that goes all the way from your pinky, all the way down into your lifeline toward, you know, toward the bottom. And that's called alignment intuition. So this is the start of the intuition and you're doing a lot of questioning. And if you don't express that and you don't have healing or some type of therapy or some type of interrogation toward the problem in people's life, then you're disconnected. And that's your kind of your way, right? And I'm looking at your healer markers. <laughs> she has a brilliant line of intuition. So what is intuition then? You can really see biologically how that's playing out. And that's a really exciting thing. And when, when you see somebody who isn't in this right story or this right movie, then you would say that they're lost about something. They're not expressing it each one of these gift markers, and they're all over the hand, when they're not expressed, then you're suffering the consequences of a lack of meaning in that area. And your nervous system signals you saying, hello. And in this case, healer markers, you have a lot of people that are not healers, and they're just in the office, and they're somewhere on the sidelines, and they feel disconnected to people. So they lack intimacy. And it's like the tool that they're great at, but they're not using it. You mentioned a palmist. One time I went to the Renaissance Festival and some woman there read my palms. And she said, oh, you have um, four children. I said, no, I have three. And she goes, well, maybe four. Before the end of the year, sure enough, there I was pregnant again. <laughs> Never, ever did I think that All was right. in the stars for me. But you know, another interesting thing though, Brent, Speaking of the stars, you know, a lot of times we look to our horoscope, our zodiac sign, you know, we look to these things that are archetypes that usually line up with people. And I think that's probably how they were created. You know, they found that all of these people had the energy of, of this. And so the characteristics kind of aligned. But the thing is, is those stars, they're not mine. They're not unique just to me. So when I'm looking at my actual mm. hand, this is mine. Mm. That is another part of this that I felt very connected to because I've been living my life from my own experiences of what I know to be true. And what's more true than my fingerprints? Yeah. The stars, astrology, and palmistry, you've mentioned those two things. I'm not going to dismiss those, but I have no idea how those work, right? You were like, well, you should know about palmistry. I don't know how it works. I really don't. <laughs> There's no fish sign of luck and fortune in that. Here, what I'm reading is a very, very well-researched method about how different parts of your brain and the functioning of your nervous system are mirrored through your hand. And these create in a sequence from the time that you're seven weeks as a fetus all the way up to present day, like rings in a tree, you can see 
the development of what was satisfying and as areas that you avoid, considering that the hand, you'll just have to accept this, your hand is a complete map of your entire reality. It's called the sensory cortex. And the sensory cortex, if you look it up, it's like, well, what part is you know, responsible for that? And that is throughout the entire nervous system. But your lips would be the size of basketball and your hands would be the size of beach umbrellas. They're massive in terms of what the sensory cortex is. So what we're reading is a translation of what's going on inside you in your reality as imprinted in your hand. So those lines that you're seeing there aren't because you bend your hands. Certainly we've looked at enough farmers to go in and say, wow, they have three main lines and that's it. It looks like it was just chiseled into their hand. There's nothing else going on. And then you look at somebody like Snoop Dogg, or M&M, and they got all these crazy lines all over the place, and they're not bending their hand more than a farmer. So the I, I started in palmistry, and I was reading as much as I could, and every book was just borrowing from another book. And if you've ever had the experience of, you know, talking to somebody in a line, and then having that person talk to another person, and another person talk to that person, you can understand how things might get distorted and out of place. So palmistry has an affliction of history that people, rather than using real experience, have borrowed from time and other palmistry books in order to use their intuition. Now, again, I'm not going to dismiss that because intuition is amazing at being able, some people can like read tea leaves or sticks on a floor and be able to tell you things, but that's not what I'm doing. I'm saying literally you have a life pattern. You do an experience enough, then it's going to show up in your hands. And I can see exactly what you're doing as well as these subconscious patterns that you don't even know about, but you just, cause they're unconscious, they're doing their job. Right. And they create a context and they create a life pattern and they make your life look like it is. I think also it's important to share with the listeners that you're not from some magical mystic background. Can you share, you know, what was your life and, and what you did prior to this? Well, I guess I've always been a little bit of a unicorn, but I've been a unicorn in the software robotics space. So I was doing 20 years of engineering, consulting and testing. And it was like the developers would give me this multi-million dollar software. And I had, it was my team that was responsible to make sure that it would work with no release notes or anything that would help explain what I'm supposed to be testing. So it was every day, it was like a UFO landed in my office and I had to reverse engineer to try to figure out what this thing is, right? So these skills that I was using in programming in Switzerland and the United States and Austin, Texas was applicable to what I'm doing now reverse engineering human beings. And once I understood that there is in fact a system and it was like when the student is ready, you know, the teacher will come, I got my hand read and I had a similar experience like you. I had somebody in the Canary Islands sit on the beach with tarot cards and she nailed how many brothers and sisters I had and my unfortunate relationship pattern and that I was an engineer and all these things. And in the end, I was like blown away. And I picked up this old dusty palmistry book as soon as I had a chance. And it was by this guy named Cairo. Cairo, if you know anything about palmistry, is one of the founders of 
the books. He was borrowing and literally copying and pasting from other books as well. But he was also a very experienced palmist in the 1800s. He was reading people like Mark Twain and like these princes and going to England. And I thought that's such a cool, cool job. I mean, they would have like a tea party and they would put their hands underneath a curtain and he had to read their hands. And it's like very celebrity type things like, you know, Oscar Wilde would be behind the curtain. I thought that was just the coolest life ever. One being meeting all these people, which was always my dream anyway, is to meet cool people and then read their hands. And there's nothing more intimate than that. And then so I'll do this random thing where I was like, well, there's got to be a system aside from the palmistry stuff. And at that time, just incidentally, I was reading Identical Strangers. It's a book about twins separated from birth and how they find each other, like the gym twins that find that they have a twin and they live in the next state and they find out that they both drive Chevrolets and marry this woman named Betty and remarried another woman around the same time named Linda and both their sons are named James Allen and they both love stock car racing and they both smoke cigarettes and they both have these weird patterns like making birdhouses in the back of their yard and they can't stop at that time I was reading, I was like, that's a life pattern, biological. So I started reading up on that and I started to realize, well, you know, this whole thing about life pattern is a real thing. Just look it up. It's a real phenomenon that people do things because they feel like it mainly. And so if you can understand your pattern, then according to Carl Jung, if you can make the unconscious conscious, you got mastery over your destiny with that in mind. I looked it up online. Who's got the system? Somebody's got to be, you know, the system of life pattern. And sure enough, there was a man named Richard Unger. He's about as skeptical and more of an engineer than I am because I put him up against like the CERN scientists while he was visiting in uh, Switzerland. And he went head to head with these guys. Wow. And he was teaching this. And I thought, well, that would be the coolest skill ever. Now, at that time, I had not the purest of intentions because I was like, okay, this is going to be cool. And this would be a great way to meet women. And so (laughs) can you imagine if like, I could look at your hand and see, you know, what type of person you are and what your relationship style. Well, I was mesmerized. (laughs) I thought that was really cool. And I remember I was in Switzerland when he started his introductory class and it was a very serious class. You have to understand these people are trying to make this into a career. And I'm in there and they're going around to all these women or natural paths and stuff. And they come to me and they're like, why are you doing that? I was like, this would be a great way to meet women. And (laughs) I became the most hated person in the class immediately with 80% of the women. I had to re-earn my respect later. But when I saw how important, like the, we're talking thousands of pages that we had to understand of people's hands and their life pattern until you could drop a hand in front of me. And I could tell that this person was a film director from his lines and his fingerprints or somebody who does outdoor photography. And those are very, very, very specific things. But you have to understand what, you know, that they take a lot of mastery in order to do. And so therefore you're going to be spending a lot of time doing it. Hopefully it's satisfying and a lot of time thinking about it if you're not in that occupation. And therefore 
They show up in your sensory cortex mirrored through your hands. And this is the deciphering of that. Make sense? Yes. And I did not realize that it's an intensive study. The basic course, just a manual on that is 1,500 pages. And there's three manuals plus advanced work. And they're all 1,500 pages. It's really, really a thousand hands. I have 20,000 hands on my computer. And, <sighs> and even then, when I graduated, I wasn't willing to charge for reading hands because yeah. the, the best way to understand hands is to go through the Institute of Hand Analysis and then have everyone else show you how you have the wrong interpretation. Mm. And because in the end, you know, you may say passion and passion may mean something for you that it really isn't, it's different in every you know, person. And you have to be able to figure out, okay, what's pa passion to Beyonce as opposed to passion for uh, David Beckham. And when you look at those lines that say express, for example, passion, I'm talking about a heart line that rises all the way up to your middle finger, you know, that has a slightly nuanced expression. And generally, if you have four markers in the hand, you got the person's, you've quadrangulated that person from thousands and thousands of people, just four markers. Okay. So I find this interesting and because we had our session. You explained to me that the pads of my fingertips were more connected to my soul. Yeah. yeah. And then the palms of my hands were more, what would you say? More the operating system the operating and system. the developments of your neocortex. Okay. So my question is, is did the founder of this modality, your teacher, did he explain how he came to, or can you explain how he came to that, that the souls are here in our yeah. fingertips. You know, I mean, scientifically, that obviously would be up for debate, <laughs> even if we had a soul. Right. So the science actually came after his work to explain wow. how he was able to see what he did. It's kind of like, you know, you see trees all blooming at the same time, you don't understand why. And yeah. then the science comes to research since it just is right. So yeah. certain people with certain fingerprints have certain lives and other people don't. So how we figure that out, it's actually very easy. You can do it, but you just don't. You can do it with 10 people. You just need to understand the path. So he was applying it like I was. I was you know, reading palmistry books and I was frisbeeing everyone going, this is just not working. And he was really frustrated because he was at that time in a do or die situation. He was supporting a family. He left his financial planning job to breed hands. And he was using what was the best books of the time. You know, William Benham was considered one of the best. It's a thousand page book about hands. And he was getting hit and misses. Benham didn't know about fingerprints, but he knew about personality types. And so the personality shows up in different hands, different personalities have different hands. And the more similar your personality is to somebody else, you'll see your hand looks exactly like theirs. Wow. But he was frustrated because he was seeing the same personality, same hands, same lines. And once I got a money issue and the other one doesn't. Mm. So when the other one talking about a love issue and, you know, as a hand analyst, you're normally servicing uh, and giving people wisdom over, you know, several sessions. And in this case, he was seeing, you know, these patterns of people really having money issues. And so he was at the Library of Congress and he was looking up 
at that time, fingerprints and all of the you know, neurological research that had been made to, to say that certain fingerprint types, like women with a lot of circles on their fingers, are more prone to obsessive compulsive behavior resulting in MS and in some cases cancer because they can't let go and finish processing out these emotions. So they're holding on like they're constipated with certain negative emotions. That's only for those circles, right? And other people with wave-like fingerprints are very, very oxytocin prone and on and on. I mean, there's just tons of research at that time. He was working like literally in the library then. <laughs> and so he's like, hmm. Now, since the time of the Greeks, they've mapped the hand. So at this point, this was real for him. Like, no question is the index for 400,000 years, we've evolved at the indexes we point with that. We don't point with our pinky, <laughs> right? And we don't try to open a jar with our ring and pinky. We point with the index and we try to hold things with the thumb. And all palmistry books at least have that in common. They called it these four fingers above the hand, you know, these gods above, you know, Olympus, Jupiter being the powerful directing god. The wow. thumb and the, the muscle below that is Mars, where you hold the hammer. And there's, you know, they have a really beautiful language, Apollo, the ring finger, you know, and it's all about this beautiful map of the nervous system that you see there and different experiences. And if somebody has an extraordinary tall or a thick index finger, then they're very Zeus-like, very directing, very powerful. And you can see it. It's like night and day. Once I show you, you know, what the threshold of power is, then you can look at your own friends and five people. You'll have exactly who's the most powerful person. And so it wasn't a big leap of the imagination to suggest that fingerprints might also have a role. And fingerprints are developed deeper within the time just after your heart is beating. Wow. It happens around seven weeks. And at that point, these big balls come through the most sensitive part of your hand. And if you agree that their hand is a map in the way that I described. And you get this, it's called a volar pad. It's like an erection. You get this big ball at the end of the fingertips. It looks like a gecko finger. If you mm -hmm. remember your biology, yeah. it looks like somebody came and just put balloons on all your fingers. And the bigger that balloon, as it turns out, according to the neurosciences, those are all stem cells. And the person is literally going for the love of God. I want to grow a lot here. So if it's a big ball, then it's like putting a big ball underneath a carpet when your skin eventually grows over that. And you have these dermatoglyphic circles, you know, if it's a big ball, some of them, they're not a big ball. Maybe you were traumatized in the area of power and it was just power mm -hmm. abuse. You get nothing there. You get a different fingerprint pattern, which shows the transgenerational trauma that your grandparents are giving to you. Thanks, grandma. So mm -hmm. he comes back at that time. He had 10,000 hands. This is a pretty experienced man, right? 10,000. And he and his wife organized all the people by fingerprints for several days. And suddenly they saw, boom, everybody with a trauma pattern around the middle finger have scarcity issues and can't get it together around money. Everyone who has a compressed fingerprint on the index finger have rather than being like Richard Branson, who has a circle, they struggle with power and they have power abuse and it goes on and on and on. And they were able to see, well, what's the difference between the right hand and the left hand, you know, left hand turned out is about personal 
because it's based on the subjective part of your brain. So it's very personal. And so they were going, well, personal power, circle on the left index finger, personal. Oh, this person doesn't have a circle. And they complained the whole time of being trapped in a relationship, no power. And so in this way, you're starting to see your life pattern of the stupid things that you do over a lifetime that you keep complaining since the 80s. And it's all the same thing that is decoded. And obviously, it's nice to be able to bring your hand to somebody like me because I don't have an agenda. You can't hear what I'm about to tell you from your mother, but you can hear it from the <laughs> fact that I don't have any agenda and I can explain you have this hang up around intimacy and closeness. or so you have this thing about shyness. And then I got to help show you how you break through it. And I did ask you during our session, if it mattered, the right hand dominated. And I think, you know, you said no. And I think it's so amazing that it's more like the right brain, left brain connection. Yeah. You'll look it up on chat GPT, which I've had a field day with, <laughs> and, you know, cause it, or, or more specifically the playground, which is a larger database of medical libraries. And what you'll see is an explanation. I'm working with 10 doctors right now. One of them is a neurologist here in Switzerland who explained it to me finally, after I saw what I saw in the research. Why is that? And the reason is very simple. When you are left-handed, you're relying on a different motory system and a different set of connections that really route to your left side of your whole body. Mm -hmm. And from a muscle standpoint, that's okay. But from a consciousness and a nervous system of the way that you route hormones and neurotransmitters, they go from the left brain to the right side of your body. Wow. So the, oh, if you just look at that, it's very easy to see from like, if you're, it's emitted mainly from the sweat in your hand that you can see the cocktail of the neurotransmitters. And it's like the taste of diet Coke versus regular Coke. If you're a scientist, you can see from the sweat, what is the neurotransmitters that are going through, whether you had a cigarette, whether you had cocaine, whether you had an argument, whether you're in a zoom session, whether you're turned on roused, whether you're doing something fascinating, all of that is happening right now. And it's being broadcast live through your body, through a certain cocktail of neurotransmitters. Now, everybody obviously has oxytocin and endorphins and all of that. But what we see is what you look online is that certain people with certain hands and fingerprints have a stronger urge for certain neurotransmitters. And so what you're seeing when I can translate that for you is that not everyone's amygdala, which is the fight flight response in your brain. Not everyone's is the same. It's inherited just like your blue eyes and and brown eyes. And, and so are your neurotransmitters. And there, there's a brilliant study about explaining what the fingerprints are. Why am I seeing what your grandmother went through from World War II? Or why am I seeing the abuse patterns that have happened uh, through the violent Mexican situation? And it's now shown now, uh, or the, the lack of commitment in the men and the family and on and on, or this family has money out the wazoo. Why is this? And it turns out that that's an epigenetic pattern. Epigenetic is the software of your DNA. It's kind of like the short-term memory. 
as opposed to the blue eyes that go trace back 15,000 years to one lady. So that pattern is in the fingerprints. And so when I'm reading your fingerprints, I'm reading the last roughly 200 years and I can show you, you know, what's going on and hopefully help you get conscious enough about it. So you're not passing along these patterns to your kids. I did see that connection. And early on in our session, I was looking to see if I would make that connection, me having such knowledge of my ancestors, because I've done so much deep work. And it absolutely did. I couldn't believe it revealed that. How so? Can you give me an example? Yeah. Much of that codependency that we were kind of finding in there, the mother caretaking, doing the most definitely was passed on from generations, you know, and that definitely goes back to when I think about like the French Creole women who were not allowed to even really have a husband because they couldn't marry outside their race. And also their faith was another huge part. They were faithful and went to church, but, you know, they also were in their masculine a lot too, because they had to be both mother and father. Mm. And so I saw myself in my hands and I know that's what I've done my whole life, trying to be all of it. <laughs> yeah. And the way we language that is that people with four or more circles have a pattern in their life of service for other people. And how many do you have? I had all, but I think my ring fingers. All, yeah, yeah, we the, have on the left over, hand, almost riddled with them all over the place. So you yes. need four for me to talk about you being of service and contribution to everybody around you. And you notice that not everybody does that around your circle, just certain exactly. people do that. And you're like, well, then it's psychologically, they should just be a little bit more helpful. And, but that's actually a deep, deep driver. And it's very satisfying and fulfilling for this particular tribe of people. But they have a different set of issues. So if you're having four or more circles and you have, I think, arguably nine, then there's a different type of evolution for you in this lifetime than other people who don't have circles that are more in a different life movie. Maybe some people are just in a love story, or maybe some people are in, like me are constantly drinking up wisdom in a phenomenal rate in order to accelerate my learning. And, and so there's a different problem that you have with that. But in the same, I think about how that used to be very strongly, you know, part of me, but I've actually evolved so much from that. Bringing in boundaries in my life was huge and really actively using them because I used to be good at being able to explain boundaries, but I wasn't actually using them. And it, once I did, it became power and I felt it. And there was a shift in me and it can't go away either. Even though I sometimes will hear like, for instance, you should do this. You shouldn't do this for yourself. This is selfish of you. I'll hear it sometimes, but mm. I am conscious now to it and I dismiss it. Now I've been able to expand outside of those things that are primal in me. And I love seeking wisdom. That's one of my most favorite things to do which isn't really in my palms. You have a lot of that in the area we've located in the left pinky, you have a circle there. So it's really about understanding yourself and understanding yeah. the soul. And you have a bullseye right there. You just have so much switched on in your nervous system. Uh, just a question about that. 
you said that you really learned to set personal boundaries. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at all your circles and your fingers in the area that we've located personal boundaries, that's the left hand personal. Okay. And there's a wave there in the index finger, which is yeah. power. So oh. if you're really talking about personal power, that's the same thing as personal boundaries. It's the same thing as yeah. uh, being able to stand for what you want. When I look at somebody's hand, either their life matches the satisfying portrait of what I've created for them, or it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, it's usually because there's a hang up somewhere in personal boundaries, like in your example, where a fingerprint did not develop. And it's like the missing link, the Achilles heel. And while that person's traumatized in that area, they can't function and to be able to expand out everywhere else. So they struggle with whatever that area is to struggle with personal power. They struggle with their desires while they're in service for the family and communication. And so my question now is how did in, in time, did you actually figure that one out? Because your life certainly matches what I read in your hands and you're making a public impact in the healing arts and you're deeply within the family check and success check and a visionary check and doing self-development. But there was also that weak link I identified around personal power. How the heck did you get through it? Because I think a lot of your listeners resonate with you around that point. How can you know your life lesson is what we call it. And how do you then break through it? Yeah, I would say that this is exactly what really drove me to do the podcast because I figured as codependent without self-love and almost admiring the martyr and wanting to be that way because I thought it was a beautiful thing. For me to come out of that, that was huge for me. And I felt like if I could do it, then anybody could do it. And that's why I desperately wanted to share that because I really, truly thought it would be impossible for someone like me. Looking back on that person, I almost feel sad, you know, thinking how I lived that way. But, you know, how you do it is you start to listen. You start to listen become the witness of the, of your thoughts. And then you realize, wait a second, I want to talk to anybody like that, but yet I'm talking to myself like that. And who, who's listening, you know, and you realize you're multidimensional and then you, in that space, you get to choose, you know, who are you going to listen to? I'm so glad I asked, how did you experience the pain before And how then did you evolve through the self-awareness and what does it feel like now? I didn't allow myself any space or room for any pain. I remember one of the most awakening moments was hiding in my bathroom away from my children. So they didn't see that I was spiraling out of control, you know, so I always tried to you know, put a smile on my face and everything's great. Everything's fine guys, you know, which is what I also saw, you know, in the women before me. So not only could they do it all without ever giving to themselves, but they did it gracefully. And so I was trying to do that. I was trying to mimic and keep the pattern that I had saw. Mm. It was intentional that I was trying to do it. And then I remember 
I looked across the bathtub. I mean, it was so crazy. And there was this bubble bath and it was called begin again. It was by <laughs> philosophy. And I, and I go to bubble pick it bath up. Was called that. Yes. So I pick up this bubble bath that, you know, I've never, I mean, I'm so busy. I've never even consciously even looked at it or read it. I, I probably just bought it because of the smell and I read it and it had the most beautiful thing I've ever, ever read. It was just like, if you've climbed the biggest mountain to find that you're at the bottom of the next one, begin again. If you dotted all your eyes but forgot to cross your t's you know begin again and it just i mean i actually energetically feel that moment returning back into my body my body is reacting to the memory it was just a big moment yeah right it was wow. absolutely beautiful i remember this because it was one of my first conscious moments yeah so this is really really beautiful so what I have been on a mission is the bubble bath moments for people. And when it was for some person, it was the final, the final notch in their belt before they decided I can't get fatter. Right. Another person like Eminem, it was that he was bullied so much and he had to find a girlfriend and that he finally ultimately became this creative force. And I would say I bullied myself horribly internally yeah. it's interesting and there's a pain with that right so it's meaningless so there's a chapter before of your life that was in this pattern but it was meaningless but you were doing it really good and then there's a breakthrough or an insight that's the hero's journey right you have this big you know somebody has given you uh some download of wisdom to now carry forward with your new sword of wisdom into this breakthrough. And so when I was writing the book, the power in your hands and going around the world, trying to get all these people like the theological advisor, the Pope and, and Ben Stiller, and you know, the best astronaut that I could find, it wasn't <laughs> just to read their hands yeah. it, because I was obviously wanting to test the theory and I would get the hands and, and give it to somebody from the Institute and going, you don't know where I've been, who do I have? But I was actually interviewing them on that crisis and i was trying to make every interview about how they got to this come to jesus moment in the bathtub <laughs> with bubbles and figure out how are they going to push through and evolve and some people it was a very gentle long process other people they you could really define the moment and when i understood that that you could do both you could make it a drawn out long process of soul evolution or you can really accelerate it. And I wanted to know what, the, what is the accelerated process? Mm -hmm. You just described the accelerated process. You were like, I could live another way. Right. And so and how I would be you stressed? You know, that was a huge thing for me to actually look at my children and say, you know what, right now I am feeling stressed or I need time and choosing space for myself. That's a boundary too. Like the boundaries are for me. And so once I figured that out too, that was huge. And I was also teaching my children this and there you go with epigenetics, right. And changing things actually in real time, yeah. you know, right in those, in those moments that I was changing, I was then changing the future too. And I also believe I was healing the past. 
So what, if I was to restate what you said is that there was a feeling before that you just disconnected from. Now, mm -hmm. I want you to consider something that the entire nervous system is a bunch of feelings, right? Yeah. And those feelings, as I've hopefully established, are all being broadcast through the hand. Mm -hmm. And there are certain channels, if you're maybe trust meridians and those things, mm -hmm. there are certain channels of experience that have very difficult feelings like shame, anger, frustration, and they all express stress differently. If it's on the pinky, it's about loneliness and isolation. It's on the thumb. It's about frustration. If it's on the index, it's about anger. And if it's on the left index finger, I'm talking about the right index finger, anger, left index is about shame. Anyway, so you got all these experiences are routing through that. And if there's one that you go, I'm not allowed to have, I can't be shamed here. I can't be stressed. I can't set personal boundaries. I can't be overwhelmed then you're stuck. And at some point you decided to connect to that feeling. When you did, that was a soul connection and your soul comes in at seven weeks with an imprint that says from at least my previous life, if you ask the 3000 people or that therapist that go into that territory, when I'm not part of that, but certainly I've had a number of people validate that. Whatever the case, at nine weeks, whether you believe it's just from your previous life or it's just from your grandmother, you're coming in with a imprint that says shame, anger, connect or not connect to. And in, in that connection is your passion. You can't have passion without shame. But if you can't deal with shame, no passion, so no feeling. And each one of the fingerprints are showing me bucket by bucket, what area you have a capacity for before you totally switch off and stress out. Mm -hmm. And what you did in that moment in the bathtub was connect to her and you connected to your soul. And suddenly the whole system went from fight, flight, freeze response or detachment, mm -hmm. which is where you were to feeling. Yeah. And at that point you got your mission. Mm -hmm. Man, that bubble bath was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what else? When you were naming those different feelings, you know what's going through my head is, yes, I have felt shame. And that's okay. Yes, I have felt fear. And that's okay. These are human experiences. And that's another thing that shifted shortly after the bathtub is that I asked myself how much of what I lived by, what I believed in, had been told to do and believe in, and then how much of it had I actually put my hands on it and experienced it for me. And none of it had really been my own experiences. And I started to live by my own experiences. And that's authentic, right? Authentic, being an author of your own. Yeah. And so that's authenticity where you are doing, doing what was expected of you. So there is the definition of shadow, which is when you're doing what is expected of you, all the ways that you are functioning, all those signals are coming up saying shame, anger, whatever, and they don't matter. Mm -hmm. So you're the detachment and you can detach from most of your nervous system. You just say, I don't talk about these things. And certainly we know enough mothers who, you know, we just don't talk about that dear. 
That's right. Oh yeah. We don't, we don't do none of that, <laughs> which I broke the mold, obviously. <laughs> Vulnerability was not a good thing in my family. You don't tell people your business. So here I have a podcast. Right. Know, shocking <laughs> to probably most of the people in my family. And, but what has been more shocking is that some of the people who probably were a little put off by this has now after almost four years has one in particular, I never thought um, she would listen or ever comment, but sent me the most beautiful message, how she listened to one of my podcasts and she was so proud of me. Mm. And so again, it was, I never thought that I'd be doing what I'm doing and I'm able to overcome some of these things that I know are primal and that are fingerprinted on me, (laughs) but I have. Love it. I love that word primal. And you also have a really deep connection to your ancestry because you have a circle on your left thumb. Yes, I certainly do. And that if you organize people by fingerprints, which is what I like to do on a Friday night, and you (laughs) organize, you know, and you see all the people that Richard was seeing, and you see all the people who have a circle there, they're all like, ah, you know, they loved family and there's mm-hmm. a big meaning and they pass on values. What happens if you don't? What happens if you have an, a, an arch pattern, which is like a hill that just looks like it's a line that runs right through your hand, like yeah. nothing to see here. Well, then no family. There's not a, a mother loving bone in their body. And they were like, I'm happy with my 10 cats. Yeah. But no family. Which or they're constantly yeah. restless but no family. And I can tell you, I can see a pattern of orphans through this. And you would think, well, how the hell does a orphan know it's going to be an orphan at at nine weeks as a fetus? Because that's when this finger pattern works. And I can nail an orphan every time. I can tell because they're abandonment and I can see the lack of value and acceptance and the security as well as no family, which is the area there. Now, this doesn't mean that orphans can't have families, but they have a pattern of difficulty often that the same that somebody's like an immigrant has of having to totally readjust to a new land and figure this thing out. You know, imagine being born into a totally different biological world. It's not your own, right? It's the same as an immigrant. And most immigrants have an arch in their left thumb too. Now contrast with the people who have circles and all you hear is constant community gathering. So one of the ways that I would, I I hope that I, I accurately describe your life path and your sole purpose is to build community of people and be of service to them because you're all about family. Yeah. That's so amazing. Everyone knows that your fingerprints are unique to you. Can you ever rub off your fingerprints? Are there things that can change that in any way? No, there are people who've tried. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, criminals. I had a woman that came through with a problem, some kind of genetic uh, disorder where she didn't grow fingers. Right. So she, t- she was constantly running with the devil rock star thing. She only had an index in the pinky. Uh, and you, if you look at the nubs of her fingers, there's the fingerprints. Wow. So 
you have to understand if you chop off your finger, you're going to get the same fingerprint that you have up at the top. So it's, really? a, it's the problem of the fact that it's coming from your limbic system because that's when these fingerprints form. So it's a neurologic, it's a sensory cortex, right? So forget about what you hear about, well, it helps you climb a wall or geckos can climb glass because they're <laughs> friction ridge. Forget about it. It's so dumb that scientists have said that because it's not true. It's right. based on your sensory cortex and it's based on your limbic system around seven to nine weeks when that's formed. And it creates an imprint saying, be wary of power. You were okay. a general and now you were the first person executed. So be very, very careful about power and struggle and conflict. Avoid it at all costs. This God, is hands are powerful. They're yeah. so powerful. You know, they can heal, but they also can hurt. Mm -hmm. They have the shadow side and, and the duality in the hands, huh? They're massively important for our expression. They're our brain. We call them hands. They're your brain. And mm -hmm. they're how your brain expresses itself. And there is a way that you can see every part of that mapping to it. Can you see age when you look at hands too? Yeah. You know, I'm a massage therapist as well. So I think hands and feet, mm. dude, don't miss out on the best part. <laughs> I know like, it. You I know, I mean, an old woman's hands. Like I think I shared with you, I loved my mama's hands. You know, like her fingertips were super soft as she got older and they were thin. I actually love old people <laughs> very much. <laughs> and so their hands, for some reason, I'm, I'm always attracted to. When when go, people go to my website, there's a pop-up that appears where you get a 15-minute hand analysis complimentary, and you just send in your photo. And I, I build up a chart and hopefully uh, give you enough information that makes you want to understand your shadow side and extraordinary self and where your soul pattern is. And of course, when I look at those hands, I don't know. They don't enter their birthday. So I'm looking at, okay, all right, we have a diva coming. Oh, we have a woman who's in her late 60s. Oh, we have a man who's done his very last chapter right now. Wow. And so you see that, and it's not necessarily more lines because the lines are, if you shock your brain with electric shock therapy, your hands would explode with lines. Some people are a little bit more nervous than other people. And what you see instead is a complexion of the hand where the as you get older and you lose your energy, you'll start to see that the area underneath the thumb, we call the Venus area. This is really your engine, your sexual drive and your instinctive drives. You just slowing down. And as you do, your thumb starts to go inward and gets pulled by a muscle between the index and thumb called the Mars region that starts to pull on the thumb. And then the whole hand, instead of being pink, starts to turn white and deflated and you end up having, I can read, for example, Alzheimer's. I can read people that are in a depression because of the blueness in certain regions. Mm -hmm. I can read somebody has an alcohol issue, somebody who is under a bitter divorce and they haven't finished processing it. Somebody who has bile and pancreatic issues through that inflammation, running into cancer problems and on and on. Wow. That's amazing. All right. So I kind of have a funny question and maybe even asked this before, but I've thought about it a few times. 
Can you read the toes then? Because they have toe prints. Right. Yeah. So I don't, but <laughs> you know, but the neurologist here gave me a book called uh, Fingerprints, Souls, and, and Palms. And I I read it and I understand how it works, but you get way more information through the hands. If you're an intellectual, you're going to have long fingers and long palms and everything's rational. It doesn't mean you're smarter than other people, right. but you're just very thinking and you got to contemplate things a long time. Mm -hmm. And so your feet are going to get longer too. And if you're a fiery person like you with she's short fingers and compared to the rest of the palm, then you're probably going to have a foot that's very fiery and mm -hmm. the feet are more instrumental and re reflexology showing what your organs are doing. And they give a better portrait of what your liver is up to and your stomach th than the hands. Yeah. So the, the root stomach. part of you. And they still have these patterns there. Yeah. Uh, some people have even a world fingerprint on their thumb version of their toe. I'm going to show you my toe right now. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you can read <laughs> every part of the body. It's just really? Hands. Yeah, you can read the lips as you have eye reading, iris reading. It's only because you're seeing the way that 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 is showing different ways. Yeah, the, I mean, people are are now better. doing you know eye readings and showing diseases far long before they ever develop. Yeah, it's all correlated. Human bodies are so just divine, and so that's actually going to be one of my last questions for you. Is that I know for myself, you know, I started out a body worker that turned into energy work. And I have to say, I mean, energy work became much like what you're saying, you know, it was after lots of experiences with energy, did I start to learn this energy and some things are just, there's no way to explain things. It's like, it, there is a divinity. Mm. Um, have you connected with that? The more you have done this, I mean, 20,000, I'm sure maybe even that 10,000, I'm wondering if you maybe had. <laughs> yes. Thank you for asking that. And begrudgingly. Yes. Mm -hmm. I say begrudgingly because I came at this with an opinion that I'm not going to do any of that. This is empirical science and everything that I'm saying is anchored. But as you learn anything after 10,000 hours of work, it mm -hmm. could be playing the violin, it becomes spiritual at a certain stage and you can't help that. And mm -hmm. so there's an art that begins to emerge just by the examples that I choose. I, I was at a, a restaurant a while back and, you know, people were asking me, oh, you're a hand reader. So I was skiing, right? Um, but I was at a bar and we were mm -hmm. all sitting around and they were like, do the waitress's hand. And I was like, yeah, sure. And the waitress was like, okay, whatever. And so she gives me the hand and I'm looking at it and I can see, oh man, you have the hand like pink and the rock star pink and you're kind of a punk. and yet you have this really beautiful, sexy side, and then you're kind of this lawless side. So you like this motorcycle girl. I can imagine you've got like a pink Harley Davidson and she just mouth dropped and she goes, you don't know who I am. I've never seen a pink Harley Davidson. She has right? a pink Harley Davidson. And she bought the whole round of drinks for everybody. This is on the house. And I have those on a regular basis. Now, what I have learned about that is... I'm starting to access the region on the karate chop portion of your hand, uh, mm -hmm. which is called the moon region. So if you can imagine that on the thumb side, that mm -hmm. part of your palm, since the time of the Greeks, they called that Venus or earth. And then the other side is the moon. And then you have these four gods of Olympus up on the top. 
Jupiter, Saturn, Apollo, and Mercury. So the moon region is an area of wonder. And it's the area that you connect to the quantum field. It's the area that is not objective, yeah. it's subjective. And mm -hmm. interestingly enough, looking at uh, anyone who has a fingerprint on the pinky, which is the closest area, you would say that you really love going into that area and questioning it. And then some people even have a circle down into that area, right in the karate chop portion. And they're pretty much a shaman all the time in that area, translating the subjective area of that a bird had flown by them and talked to them. And at the same time, the mailman came and on and on and seeing deep meaning for better or for worse. So this area of the subjective realm is a reality and it can't be dismissed. And you have a fate line that goes right out of that area. You have a line that's going mm -hmm. and drinking directly out that goes all the way up to your middle finger. That's the fate line, which means that you need right. a spiritual profession. And anybody like Einstein who had a headline that goes and drinks into that area that's trying to find the quantum field is trying to understand that and being able to apply on a physics level. So this is the subjective realm, as I've learned now and seen, doesn't mean that it's necessary soul. Soul is all over the place. It's your entire reality, power, structure, value, creativity. But in this area is still a vast expanse of where you're one with everything. And mm -hmm. don't confuse that necessarily with that's just the soul. The soul is all over the place, but that particular area is a version of the soul that mm -hmm. allows us to connect to people on the other side telepathically. And that is a real phenomenon. And that's the area that you connect to when you are going in this theta realm and when you're outside of your ego, because the ego is on the index finger and somebody who has a big ego who can't stop and can't surrender and can't relax has a big, big, thick index finger power. Your pointer finger is a big ego. So if somebody has a big thumb and a big index finger, they got a lot of ego strength. That doesn't make them wrong. They're just judgmental right. and powerful. And judge Judy has a big, thick index finger. Okay. Somebody has a big middle finger as a lot of uh, rightness, right? They like, they, they, they're like a scientist. Everything's got to be correct all the time. Or you're like Kara Knightley, depending on the type of hand that I put it on, you could have a very slender, sensitive hand like Kara and you, she has a very tall middle finger. So she needs a lot of structure and correctness. And she plays this virtuous woman everywhere. Mm. And, and so in this way, you can see a complete map of your reality and the subjective realm, the soul where in the quantum field that Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about all the time, when he's doing these meditations, he's moving you through the part of the nervous system you see in the outer part of your palm. And when you're going in and having a crucial conversation with somebody to clear the elephant in the living room, you're not using that part. You're using the index finger and the thumb part to get mm -hmm. saying you're here and I need you here. It's fascinating. So I think it's very crazy. So then would you say then your idea of limitations when it came to reading the palms has then expanded? Oh yeah. Every day I'm still taking notes. Uh, you know, I've had three very famous people that, you know, I can't say, but they came through my shop 
just in the last week and a half. And they're just as normal. They just, they got multi-millions. And I'm learning through people's life pattern that I have often put in such an exalted space. Like, wow, you're in every movie that I'm just so <laughs> amazing that you're that way. And then I see somebody like I, I was reading someone who was knighted this morning, who is running all of the European universities. And he is a walking encyclopedia library of Alexandria. And I'm seeing that in the hand. So wow. every, every person, I don't care who you are. Yeah. Every person is so powerfully unique and mm -hmm. has a story to tell. And what's awesome is the hand shows a very, very beautiful path. That's so exciting to witness and learn in every session. And I'm usually have about three sessions a day and I'm blown away every day, like every day I'm yeah. taking notes and I walk around the block and I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Oh. This is one of the neatest things I think I've ever done. These are my fingerprints. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, each one of us has a story and this one's mine and no one else can have it. Even if you can see the different characteristics in someone else's, you know, it's like all the rest of it. There's so much there. It's just so beautiful. I just, I'm fascinated. Thank you so much. I hope that all of my listeners get an opportunity to take advantage of that 15 minute reading. And I just think it's, it's as unique as the palms of our hands. <laughs> yeah. And, and circling back, you have a really, really astonishingly compassionate way of understanding how to evolve. And the language that you use, I would invite everyone to return to that place when you're talking about these soul patterns that are so painful and that you look with from a, an outside point of view and see you know you know these things are almost doing the thinking for you and they're having you if you've had ever had a hangover and you see how everything is just attacking you from all over the place mm. that's your nervous system creating a story that life is painful and the fingerprints show how you are going to suffer. And what you offered in the way that you described when you were stuck is a beautiful viewpoint that you're not that and you are, that there's a way that you can, your soul can look at that life pattern and biologically go, you know what? I meant for something more. And that's done in a very kind way. And it's a very compassionate, beautiful grace that then you move into a story where you start to look like the people that you admired authentically coming from yourself. So what I would like your listeners to know is that whatever soul pattern you have, it can be done gracefully and you need to know it. You need to understand the pain. You need to understand how it creates a pattern, how you're going to be dealing with it with your kids and how to handle it gracefully. Because our hands, I'm sure 30, 40,000 years ago looked a lot more primal, you know, looking at us collectively now have really evolved, you know, to continue that evolution, you have to become aware. Yeah. You'll see the people that are really into AI and developing it and you'll look at their hands. Mm -hmm. You know, there's your, there's your evolution right there. You look at a farmer's hand who's been 
you know, his whole generation is a big square, thick hand. And it looks like a bear and you could ride a tractor over it and he's not going to feel it. It's just a big, thick or welder's hand, the three main lines and shows that, you know, he's been milking that cow uh, for 10 years. Happy with that. I do have one more question. It's kind of for me, but my daughter was born with a birthmark on the palm of her hand. So it was very unique. Mm. And, um, well, I used to have a freckle somewhere. Oh, I do still. These kind of markings, I mean, just on the skin, a different organ, but, you know, does that ever mean anything in a reading or in looking at that, analyzing it? Birthmarks, I generally let be, you know, yeah. and because I haven't organized enough people by birthmarks. And okay. I don't think the Institute yeah. has yet. I've gotten maybe a couple in my career. So yeah, send it on. Love to see. Okay, um, cool. Yeah. But you know, it's funny those- too, because you've heard of like birthmarks are also related to like past lives. Have you ever heard that? Well, that's where I was going to lead you to, right? So what's happened is that what Richard Unger would say is that birthmarks and moles mm-hmm. are past life karma. And so far, moles tend to be a very deep, deep karmic issue that the person's still dealing with almost like a life lesson too. So I was reading the hands of a very renowned guru here in Europe, and he has a mole right in the moon region, which is, I just said in the karate chop portion of spirituality. So he has some, some difficulty that, you know, here on the, on the outside underneath the pink that's where my and generally when there's a mole there's some major thing that you have to go through yeah. and in his case when i read that i was reluctant to tell him that yeah. but i did because right. i didn't have anything vested now i realized i was really nailing it i didn't know who he was but he was getting criticized for his followers taking all of these relics out of the churches and his you know being a guru you always got stuff going on and i mean i nailed it on that. And I can tell you every single person, when I understand where that mole is located, it's like a deep, deep lesson that they have to go through. And they're going to do it anyway, because it's just so luscious to do. It's kind of like, well, I found money on the street. Do I return it or not? Okay. There's so much to this. So what does a session look like with you and where would they be able to sign up to get one? Well, go to the power in your hands.com. Okay. And when you get there, a pop-up will appear if you're skeptical about this. And I, you know, in that pop-up, you say, get a 15-minute reading. And you, then you just send a photo of your hand and you answer three questions of your name and where you're from. So I, I know how to get a hold of me. And you just schedule 15 minutes. And then I build the diagram for you. And then I show you what we would cover. Now, to answer your question, for those that are like ready and they know they don't need to go through some hemming and hawing and convincing. They go, I get yeah. this. This is, this is feeling right for me. Yeah. What we cover in two hours is we go through the fingerprints first to see the nature of your soul. What kind of, what is the theme? In your case, you have circles all over the place so we can see you're in a service theme. Another person may be a, a peace theme another, or balance. Another one may be a wisdom or a love thing. And then we can see what are the accented points that show you where you really want to feel fulfilled. And if you don't, you're going to complain that you lack meaning in your life. So I can show you those fingerprints and that's your soul path and your purpose. 
and how you then balance that given the fact that you're a service oriented person, maybe you shouldn't be in servitude. What are the traditional difficulties with that? Then we go into your relationship, your relationships to your body, the relationship to your mind, you have one, and a relationship to your spirit. So those are these three lines on your hand that are developed when you develop your three stages of your brain evolutionary, your, your reptilian brain, when you begin to move your arms and legs, that's your lifeline that's wrapping around your thumb. And then your heart line, which that's the second one, when the baby shows their first facial expression. And if it's big, then the person's very emotionally animated or emotional. And then finally, you have people like the, the Einstein that have big, the long headline that traverses from the thumb side all the way across your palm. And you need to understand what that's doing for you. What is your thinking style? And what then, how do those three combine for you to understand your operating system? And if you deny that, you're going to have problems in your life. Then we look at what is your power? What is it? What are some energies that you seem to be incredibly good at better than anyone else? And therefore, if you're good at it, get paid for it. So I look at these strengths that are extraordinary with you, and I combine it with your nature of your soul and your path and some of the gift markers that I see. And then if you have that, then, you know, you're going to ask, well, what about the areas that I'm not doing? That's your shadow side. And you do it. It's just that probably you complain about it while you're doing it. It's a defense mechanism. And I'm going to show you where, how you get triggered. Yes, I can even trigger you in the session <laughs> by just talking about it. Right, and, yeah. and then that's a really rich, in fact, that's the main reason why people come because they're so stuck in a dumb pattern. And so when you understand that, you understand what is your feeling that you don't like that you keep getting thrown into the shadow side. What is it that keeps triggering you? How do you protect yourself? Who do you become? Some people become like, you know, uh, a bully or a bull in the China shop or meek and mild mannered or nice or Glenn Close, Devil Wears Prada, whatever they do, they become this alter ego that right. gets triggered in order to protect themselves while they feel a fear. What's that fear? So I got to show that to you and then I'll, we'll help you locate the stress in your body and how that will create a long-term problem if you don't figure that out, even up to some major heart issues and stuff. And then the final piece was, okay, how much have you been in this dumb pattern? I'm telling you about this shadow mm -hmm. pattern where you're in a fight, flight, freeze response, dressed out, you know, some, most people out there are about 70% that way. So if I can show you how you break through that and melt that with yeah. conscious compassion in the way that we talked about, then I'll show you specifically the tricks of the trade for people with your fingerprint mm -hmm. and then how people with your hands, with your fingerprints, because it's complex, you got to master both sides of your ego and your soul trigger. Then you'll see that you're evolving. And I'm going to show you that if you do this, this is who you will evolve to your most extraordinary self. And this is what life would look like in that place. Are you willing to go through that? And so I'm showing you a complete map of your evolution. If you choose to do it this lifetime or not, it's recorded. Yeah. The, the reading was so good, Brent. 
I mean, I can't tell you how much I've connected with. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciated it. I mean, do you think that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like it did show right in my hands that I should be having a podcast, sharing this and, and creating a community. Yeah. Cause you have a circle on your right pinky, which is a, a, like J, John F. Kennedy has about inspirational speaking. You also have a circle like the theological advisor to the Pope when I went into the Vatican, who has a healer marker or a circle on the left pinky. So when you combine that, you have an inspirational healer who has a voice, a message. You have a circle on your right ring finger, which shows that you also want to be in the spotlight. You also need a family, that circle on the left thumb. You have a world success manifestation. I want to create something. And I'm a visionary leader on your right index finger. And then you have some goodies in your middle and left saying, I want to be a coach and mentor for people. The one that gets neglected, of course, is the personal power, which you had to face at some point. Otherwise, you're being the answer for everything. And so the nickname of this is the big shot healer making a public impact in the healing arts. That's the (laughs) name that we literally call your fingerprints. And so, yes, if you're doing that, uh, then. I would say I tip my hat to you because I know what you had to go through. I can see yeah. it right there. I can see right. The, if I would have talked power. to you a decade ago, you would have been like, girl. Because <laughs> I was yeah, doing, yeah, running I, my I kids around. In all stages of evolution yeah. coming in, and I can see the, the master map of whether, and especially if they've mastered what they're here to master in this lifetime. Some people are just like um, a small claims tax adjuster. And I'm looking, going, you're supposed to be a uh, rock star. And, <laughs> and, On a Harley? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, well, I used to play the bass, but do you really yeah. think that I should be doing it? Yes. Oh, and and no. so these things are in your nature. You can see it on their faces, how they have reversed their age. And you can see it on the hand because I said hands age, right? But I can show you that when somebody has gone through and really accepted their evolution, they have a reason to live and then they come alive and they get younger. I'm not joking. This is a path to reverse aging because your hand reverses the age. They reverse their age because they find the path to their youthfulness. If they don't understand their why, then they're just going to be going, going, is this all that life is? This stress? Forget it. Mm, that's amazing. And also you're going to be an affiliate so they can also go on to my affiliates page and find you there. But otherwise tell them one more time, your website, the power in your And your book, I can't wait to get your book because this will help explain some of this stuff as well. Yeah. It's a big book. It's like a coffee table size book. So I needed really? to have it graphic designed in a way that you can look at people's hands and not squint. So Love it. thank you. Uh, <laughs> got 200 celebrity people that you know, and you're moving through piece by piece, how I do what I do. And then the first half is just to understand what you're about to see. And the second half is the work that I did since 2007, interviewing these people and then putting the hand in front of somebody from the Institute who's read 20,000 hands. And they had to guess not only that I had a film director, but the type of films that they make and what is their challenge. And you can see the interview 
juxtaposed with the hand analysis, and you'll see it's one to one what they're saying. What I asked the person, and there were recorded interviews. So, and I didn't say a word. I just stuck, you know, a shoemaker with a clown with somebody who is a CERN physics engineer and Eminem, and they didn't know them from anybody. I just shuffled the deck and said, who do you got? And so I show that comparison. So you don't think that this is intuitive Yeah. here. I really wanted this to be scientific and empirical so that you can hang your hat to get over this mysticism or prejudice against that hands are just a bunch of nonsense. No, they're you. Wow. More than a Myers-Briggs personality test. That's for sure. Thanks again, Brent. It's just been such a pleasure getting to know you, really. Same here. Same here. And I really appreciate your mission. Thank you so much for a brilliant podcast and, and a really wonderful conversation. Thanks for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. And thanks to our special guests for joining me. If you want more of Sense of Soul, check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support Sense of Soul podcast by donating to my coffee fund. Thanks for listening.